1: What did Han Solo say to Luke Skywalker on Thanksgiving? May the forks be with you. Why did the cow cross the road? To get to the other silo. Why did the barf and the booger fall in love? It's what's on the inside that counts.
2: Uh, can you, like, shut up? If you just
3: read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine, on Sirius XM 103, and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of, a, you know, a, a clown. Why can't you give me the respect that I'm entitled to? I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose.
2: From the world-famous Cardiff Electric Network Studios, it's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medicine practitioner, gives me street cred with the wacko alternative medicine asshats. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And we have uh, Dave from Rhode Island. Hello, Dave. Hello. We'll be introducing Dave in a little bit. Yes, he's very happy to be here. This is a show, (laughs) not for long, maybe, this is a show for people who would never ever listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you have a question, you're embarrassed to take your regular medical provider. If you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call. 347- 766-4323. That's 347. Take it away, Dave. Poo Oh, excellent. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at Dr. Scott WM, and visit our website at DrSteve.com for podcasts, medical news and stuff you can buy. Most importantly, we're not your medical providers. Take everything here with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show uh, talking over with your Primary care provider, your acupuncturist, whatever. Tasey isn't here, so I couldn't do the list. Let's talk to somebody about it. Don't listen to us. We're stupid. <laughs> uh, don't forget stuff.drsteve.com, stuff for all your Amazon needs and all your online shopping needs. It really makes huge difference. So if you're going to shop online... Please use stuff.drsteve.com. and then uh, check out Doctor Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. That's simplyherbals.net. He gets most of his business from Weird Medicine People. Plus, I gave him some of these super cool, super cool, cool chips, uh, Weird Medicine poker chips. They are so cool. if you buy something, the next how many you've got there? The next ten orders. The next we'll ten orders. <laughs> <laughs> really, the next. Probably a hundred orders. <laughs> we I'll give him it. some poker chips. He's got a now. lot
4: of poker chips, people.
2: <laughs> and check us out at patreon.com slash weird medicine. Uh, we do uh, the... Uh, oh, what's going to be there? If you have not heard the full audio from the roast of Carl and Vinny, my set will be on Patreon by the time you hear this. So patreon.com slash weird medicine. That's mostly... Tacey and me, and then we'll sometimes have celebrities uh, call in and ask us questions. It's kind of fun. It's called The Exam Room. It's a stupid name, but it's we have to have a name for it. And uh, it's loads of fun, and check it out, patreon.com slash weirdmedicine. And then just today, I did a cameo for a guy, uh, Pope John Paul, I think. The guy's name was John Paul. It only could be one of those, right? It's got to be. And I'm like, hey, hey, how you doing?
5: <laughs>
4: so
2: that <laughs> <I> was <wrong. laughs> it's stupid. Uh, from the love of oh, his gosh. life, so I don't know. Oh, my God. But, uh, yeah, they were uh, listeners to the show, and we really appreciate them. So check that out, cameo.com slash weird medicine. Well, with that rough start, good Lord. Well, I only got four hours of sleep last night, Dr. Scott. Not that anybody gives a shit.
4: Mm, no. Nope, nobody
2: cares. All right, fair enough. Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. So, Dave, we've been talking about Dave for some time. He has a trigger finger, and we were going to get PA shit, a.k.a. B.M. John, a.k.a. PA PA fucked shit. Fuck PA John. Yes, that's right. Thank you. Very good. uh, we were going to get uh, P.A. John in here to inject your trigger finger, and then he gets here, and he's like, well, I've been wearing a splint for the last couple of weeks, and it's totally fine. I mean, it's not triggering anymore. So uh, so we wouldn't have injected it anyway, so it worked out okay. <clears throat> we probably should talk about what a trigger finger really is, though. What did you first notice?
5: Um, it, it was several years ago, probably five years ago. It just started clicking a little bit. Um and when you say
2: clicking. What do you mean? You're, uh, if this is your middle it, finger on your right, dominant so,
5: hand. Correct. Yes. Okay, yeah. um, uh, if I, you know, if I were in the um, uh, the fist position and tried to yeah. straighten it out, oh. it would it would hold up basically. Okay. Um, momentarily, and then it would sort of pop out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so
2: you would have to put some tension th- on it. Right. The other fingers would be straight up and down, so it looked like you were doing some sort of gang sign. or something. <laughs> Yep, exactly. And then all of a sudden, you would have to put enough tension, and dunk, it, it would pop up, and then it would be straight again. Correct. Okay. Yep, yep. And then what happened?
5: <laughs> uh, it just progressed over the course of a few years, and I've uh, got to the point where when I woke up in the morning, um, it wouldn't straighten out. Um, and, you know, a short period of time, but... It's uh, you know it's disconcerting there was no yeah. pain involved. Yeah. Um but you know it's not you know it it, it bugged the shit out of me. Sure. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. you were a guitar
2: player or piano player it would
5: really suck.
2: That's right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so and your wife would always know when you were you know pleasuring yourself because you come out of the bathroom with your finger in the... Oh, Lord. No, that's you,
4: Dr. Steve. Oh, yeah. <laughs> your silence and then son of a bitch. Yeah.
5: <laughs> so... Uh, so did you ever seek medical attention for this? So uh, after communicating with you a couple of months ago... <laughs> so um, this went on for how long before you
2: communicated uh, with
5: me? Uh, just, a, you know, four or five years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Jeez. There this is go. a typical dude. That's I like it. This is a typical dude. Nothing
5: wrong that with that. Exactly Give right. yourself a bill! <laughs> um, so after communicating with you... Um, I, uh, I coincidentally had my yearly uh, checkup with my PCP. Okay. And uh, I asked him about it. Asked him about a cortisone injection, and he uh, he he was aware of that, but had never done it, and was was unwilling to. Had uh, <laughs> never done it. Right. Experiment on me. Is he family medicine or internal medicine? Internal medicine. Oh, that's why they don't <laughs> do a lot of procedures like that. Okay. Yeah. He's I I, I, I love my PCP. Yeah, yeah. 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 No. Fantastic. Nothing wrong doctor. with an internist. Yeah. Well,
4: it depends. <laughs> some, of, them, some, of, some of the family medicine people suck
2: too I mean there's shitty
5: <laughs> hospice doctors they are they're, they're shitty of everything yeah so. right yeah
2: they're shitty of everything that's very profound that's right. exactly right yep god damn it we're making out a shirt yes they're shitty of everything <laughs> that that's <laughs> very I, profound yes it is I, but anyway it's but it's very true
5: yes yep
2: So your internist didn't do it because they've never done it, never done a pap smear, never done – you know, there's a lot of things that internists haven't done. I need to tell you a story uh, when your story is done about – and don't let me forget about an internist – well, I've got two or three stories like that. And the internists out there will understand, is it working in the emergency room where they could see women and children, which they've really – most of them have never seen before. But anyway, go ahead.
5: Hmm. Um. And so, you know, you mentioning the, um, the cortisone injection yes. uh, piqued my interest. And at that point, it was getting worse anyway. So the point where, you know, it wouldn't straighten out, primarily in the morning. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess I clench my fists when I sleep. Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I, and this is just going back maybe three or four weeks, I uh, just did a search and did a search for a splint, figuring I should splint it. Damn it. Um, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so I started wearing a splint again, maybe you know, three or four weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, well, tell is, us how
2: the what the splint did to you. How did it hold your hand and what so position it, it, it holds? So it
5: keeps it the uh, keeps the you know, keeps the finger and the uh, yeah yeah <laughs> the old trigger it, the, the finger keeps the finger erect. <laughs> yes. Um, and it yeah, it's got a little. Uh, and I, I realize people can't see this, but no, they can um, actually the uh, ones that are yeah, watching. A lot. Now. <laughs> yep. Yep. So it's got a, uh, it's got a little uh, flap that comes down yep. um, here. So prevents oh, the it, finger from... When he from... says here, he's talking about the base of his finger. Right. Uh, into the palm yeah. uh, so that it won't straighten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I felt an improvement immediately. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first night. Yeah. And I meant only... to bring it with me, actually. Oh, no, it's okay. You know, so we I know what it is.
2: Tell. I was really just trying to get you in here to do the <laughs> cortisone injection <laughs> before we messed with any of that stuff. But yeah, there are uh, exercises you could do, but the key is to decrease... The amount of friction on that uh, tendon. Mm. So what's going on is you've got a little, uh, you know, if if the tendon going to the end of your finger didn't have some sort of uh, uh, what's the like a band at the bottom at the bottom of your finger to. Uh, apply some tension tension point well yeah it's a tension point but it's kind of a fulcrum too
4: yeah you know to well, true, a, yeah, true, so true.
2: it's like a pulley and it pulls through this band at the bottom of your finger because Makes if it didn't do that it would just bow out right mm-hmm. and you would end up with this you know you'd have this weird sort of web-like thing where now you have an actual finger mm-hmm. And uh, what happens is, is that the tendon above that little band that goes circumferentially around the base of your finger gets in, uh, inflamed. And when it gets inflamed, it gets enlarged. And now it can't fit. Mm. And, uh, and it's also um, tapered, too. So when you flex your finger, in other words, bringing the tip of your finger toward the palm, it <coughs> will slide below that band, hmm. But then it can't get back up again because it's too large to do that. It's like – it's not too dissimilar to those penis fish that swim up your urethra. And they can only go in, but you can't pull it back out because it's got fins on it and barbs barbs and stuff. So this thing doesn't really have barbs, but it's shaped that way that it's easier for it to slip down one way than the other. And so – you can just immobilize it, and what that'll do is it'll just decrease the the amount of wear and tear, which decreases the inflammation, inflammation. And, de- and then it'll shrink. Okay. And a lot of times, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. And but uh, for the reason I didn't even bother you with that, is because when you first contacted us, and by the way, he came down here from Rhode Island to get this thing done on the air, um, when you first contacted us. Uh, It had been four or five years, so I figured that would be just nuts to even try it. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, in this case, I'm glad I was wrong because P.A. John was supposed to inject your finger today, and uh, he didn't show up. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
4: Well, if he sticks around long enough. And you are one <laughs> pathetic loser. So. If, if Dave sticks around long enough, I'll stick some needles in his finger. Because we uh, do yeah. treat I, it. When well, I talk it to it Scott, and he's. Got,
2: he, so talk about yeah. doing this from a, an acupuncture sure. standpoint because you and I have talked about this. One of the things I think that acupuncture does is change sort of some of the inflammatory. Pathways. That's
4: exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I literally would just take where his finger hurts and put little needles around where that where the tendon is in that. Um. <clears throat> How the fuck would that do anything? Oh. It increases blood flow. Okay, decreases okay. inflammation. All right. Yeah, just exactly what you were just saying. Without, I know. But how does it, what's the a mechanism steroid, huh? that that would decrease inflammation? Well, you're right. Well, the needles are noxious just be stimulants. the needling. Yeah. yeah, the needles are noxious stimulants. Could yeah. just be yeah. the needle and not yeah. the cortisone. Exactly. In and there's, yeah. a of, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of research that, the, look that, that, up while that you're supported. Um, you know, trigger point injections, a lot of times are just as effective, if not more effective, when you don't use. Steroids. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, huh? especially over time, and because the steroid will break down the the, um, the muscle and the needles are so large it actually causes a scarring in the tissue.
2: Well, here you go. Yeah. Effects of dry needling on tendon pulley architecture. That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Pain and hand function in patients with trigger finger. A randomized controlled trial oh, study. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Now it's hard to do a placebo when you're sticking needles in somebody's hand, but anyway, that's okay. Mm-hmm. So let's see what they came up with. What's their conclusion? The results suggest that single session of dry needling was effective in decreasing pain. And then the dash score dash score is like um, it's a um, a score that we use in impairment ratings to determine function of the upper extremity. So, mm-hmm. and uh, your debt you know the lower the better. Pulley tendon thickness. And improving pinch grip power in patients with trigger fingers. So, and that's something. Hmm. So it may be that all this time I've been sticking people with needles with cortisone in them, and them going, "Ouch, Doctor Steve, ouch, Doctor well, yeah, I mean, yeah. And and you go, oh, it made them better. Might have done
4: just the same if I just stuck the damn needle in there. And so these gonna... little teeny needles, like yeah. like diabetic needles. Well, there you go. Instead of these gigantic needles.
5: Give yourself a bill. I'll
4: give you one of those, Dr. Scott. Hey, yeah, thank you. Yeah, Sean. Be. That's number one. It Counting didn't... What? No, Sean. I'm having Sean count my bills today. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, and he doesn't even understand. He thinks it's bills. <laughs> it's bells.
2: Give yourself a bell. <laughs> Ding.
5: It's I, an, op- an opiism. <laughs> <laughs> opi- opi- For the
2: longest time, I thought it was bill. Um, I know. All right. Well, anyway, it's an opiism. he used to yeah. do that all the time. And, he'd scre- and so when I'm on Anthony's show, I like to give him lots of Lots of, <laughs> give yourself a <laughs>
5: bell.
2: <laughs> if you go to our um, Patreon, patreon.com slash weird medicine, I had Anthony on on there, mm. uh, and that show is a little different, it's called The Exam Room, where they get to ask us questions. Mm. And um, anyway, I gave him one of those, and his reaction was priceless. So anyway, mm. I love both of my, my um, erstwhile colleagues. So. Yes. All right. Well, that's very interesting. So uh, you did the dry needling uh, thing, and they also sell dry – um, not dry needling. You did the trigger finger splint. Mm. They sell trigger finger tape. Yeah. I think any of those things are fine. Mm. Anything mm. short of sticking a needle
4: in it right. with cortisone, I think that should be the last result. Agreed. But... Yeah. And, yeah, and, and you know, um, stretches, Dr. Steve, like those – you know, we call them the prayer stretches where you put mm-hmm. your hands in front and just mm-hmm. gentle pressure where you have your, your hands pulled together down in front of your chest can help to um, – to stretch those tendons up, um, hmm. yeah. There's there are a lot of things, m- much less invasive and much less painful than um, the cortisone shots.
5: Yeah, yeah. But I'm all for less pain.
4: Heck so, yeah, me too, man.
5: <laughs> so
2: I have a thing that's not dissimilar from this, and it's uh, called dupatron contracture. When I was in medical school, they called it Dupitron, mm-hmm. and but I have actually here. This is the proper way to pronounce it.
5: Here we go. We are looking at how to pronounce this name of French origin, as well as how to pronounce more famous French names. Oh, okay. So make sure to stay tuned and consider subscribing. Oh, no, <laughs> he thank was you. A French anatomist and military surgeon. So how do you go about pronouncing it? In French, in France it is said as
2: Dupuitron. Du So anyway. So well, this go. is this is an <laughs> enlargement of the uh, tendons of the hand, and if you uh, let it go far enough, it'll actually cause a contracture of the hand. That's not completely dissimilar, like but the whole hand, the whole hand, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's these are in the palm of the hand. I've got nodules in the palm of my hand. That's just from being old, and mm-hmm. I saw. My um, friend who is a hand surgeon, as soon as he heard I had nodules in the palm of my hand, he said, let's see your Dupatron's contracture. And it's like, well, but I'm not contracted. And this is from all the years of training I had. He said a, a huge percentage of people that have this never get the contracture. Mm-hmm. Now, I've got some people that have fingers that are contracted oh, yeah. up and uh, they you can see the tendon is mm-hmm. contracted under the skin and that those require <laughs> surgery if you're going to fix them yep but doing that same, uh, what do you call this? Prayer yeah, pose? I just, call, I just call
4: it a prayer stretch. Yep.
2: Yeah, pair, prayer, <laughs> prayer stretch.
4: So you got to put your palms together right in front of your face. There you go. So that way when you go down towards your chest, oh, yeah, yeah, keep yeah, your yeah. palms together. Yeah, except yeah, you're, you're, you're,
2: for the Dupatron, I would think that separating it and doing like that. Though.
4: Well, if you the fir, you try to keep them further down you go, the better. Yeah, okay. is well, that right. way you get the whole, the whole flexor tendon. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Well, you don't know. You're the damn genius, I guess. You're the genius. All right. (laughs) So, anyway, so yeah, so Dave gets here and I'm like, let me see it. And he's like, you know, just moving his hand around. It's like, well, shit, I wouldn't have injected that anyway. So I'm glad it's better, though. Yes. And we're glad you're here because you have other things of interest to talk about. You have an interesting job where you're doing, well, tell us, tell us. Without naming names, so tell us what your job is, because it's fascinating.
5: Uh, well, I work for a small Dutch company, actually. Um, hmm. uh, we have our U.S. site in Western Maryland, so, which is actually okay. where well, I spend...
2: That, that narrows it down pretty well. So <laughs> anyway. Most of my
5: time. Um, but we're a chemistry services company. We store uh, research chemicals for the pharmaceutical industry, okay. primarily the pharmaceutical industry. Okay, hmm. but you... these, are, these are chemicals that are used to Um, basically help them discover new drugs.
2: This is the interesting part. So... Mm -hmm. (laughs) People are saying, "Oh God, he stores chemicals. Who yeah. gives a shit?" I hear people talk snoring a, already. Talk a little bit about the high, the okay. high, what the high volume discovery or whatever the f it is. Right, because so, I have a reason why I'm asking.
5: You yep. About this. So we are um, uh, we're, we're we're the chemistry end of drug discovery where uh, chemistry and biology meet. It's yes. Called high throughput screening. High throughput screening. That's right, so it. So yep. biological screening is where you take a um, uh, in this case a small molecule. And put it against a biological target, um, a cell or a, a protein, or a something that you're trying to to
2: find a receptor for. Something. What drugs will affect that receptor?
5: Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it's done in parallel. So, and they'll do. Um, in you know, it's called high throughput for a reason. They may do a uh, hundred thousand at a time. Wow. So they'll take the you know the same biological assay and throw a hundred thousand different small molecules at yeah. it. Um, at the same time, now the the vast majority of the drugs on the market um, are small molecules. Yep. I mean, picture uh, you know a caffeine molecule. Right, right, say. right. Yeah. You know, one one or two. Yeah, uh, they're not things. giant protein molecules. Right, right, right. They also exist, but that's I right. Mean, majority are small molecules. Um, certainly or, orally viable drugs. Yeah. Um, so so we basically pharmaceutical companies amass millions of these over mm-hmm. the course of years. Now, the you know something that's made for a target now uh, may not, um, you know, it, well likely won't won't work for that target. But they don't throw that away if it doesn't. Right. They keep it and they try just it against case. the next one and the next one. So right. something a chemist synthesized thirty years ago or fifty years ago mm-hmm. could be yeah. the next multi-billion-dollar-year drug. It's sure. just That the chemistry and the biology didn't. So didn't why I
2: bring out. this up? You could have, let's just say. Um, An ACE2 receptor in the lung that uh, you happen to know that a certain virus's spike protein will attack that thing. So you could run a bunch of drugs past that and see which ones might, might might be worth looking at. Exactly. So you could pull something off the shelf. So they did this at UCSF. And they used some artificial intelligence thing. Do you, do you know what I'm talking I, about? I, I don't, but I'm... But you have an idea yeah. anyway. And uh, guess what popped out? Well, two of the drugs that popped out of that screen for off-the-shelf drugs for COVID-19 were...
4: Watch it now. You're going to get a skin? I know. Of <laughs> <again>?
2: Hydrochlorothiazide <laughs> and oh, <shit>. azithromycin. So <laughs> oh, shit. there was a reason why people were fixating on those drugs mm. because they were easily um, obtained... And they were inexpensive, and they popped up on these high-throughput assays. Now, they didn't turn out to, to be very effective, at least not in the general population. But um, the people who were pushing those things, they – you know, I would be the first to say because I was not on board with this uh, because the – you know, I'm a, an empiricist. I got to see the data. But they <laughs> – I understand why people jumped on the bandwagon quickly because they were desperate for something we could just yank off the shelf. Hmm. And that's why I I found what you're doing interesting because that's where that came from is that same sort of thing where you're just screening – drugs and molecules and things just what might work with this and then if you find something that's very specific for that receptor or that moiety on a protein or whatever it is that you're changing the way it <laughs> folds or whatever that you're doing mm. then you can zero in on it and maybe see well okay if we put a methyl group here or a chloride ion here maybe this thing will work a little that, bit better. Absolutely. It gives them somewhere a starting point.
5: Yeah absolutely and uh, okay. you know, point of note that's the the beginning of a very long process a multi-year yes. oh, potentially yeah. even decade or more long process yeah. uh, from you know initial discovery to anything that gets on the market hmm. and billions of dollars billions too, of dollars so. yeah so i'm i'm in f- you know i'm in favor of
2: uh, getting a grip on drug prices but the other thing is i don't want to stifle innovation either and <laughs> totally and how do you balance that that's right. the thing i, I I mean, I fancy myself as a libertarian. I don't know if I'm really a libertarian or if I'm a Jimmy Dore, uh, um, you know, progressive because I've got some some things I really agree with him on. And he's a free speech guy. It's like, oh, I didn't know you could be that far left and be that free speech. But Mm. I'm not 100 percent sure what I am. But I I I do know that. I know that's hilarious. Somebody isolate.
4: You're unidentified. You're unidentified.
2: But, uh, you know, I want peace on earth and I want, you know, goodwill toward all men and all that stuff. But I wouldn't mind having a, a southern border that at least we had some control over. But, you know, uh, because I do see the uh, the after effects of smuggling fentanyl into oh, the gotcha country yeah. and that kind of stuff. I yeah. see that every day. But um, I uh, I I don't know the answer to this because I don't want the government to just control it. I want people to make money, but I don't want Martin Shkreli just, you know, gouging the shit out of people uh, right. with the EpiPen either. Right. I mean, yeah. allegedly. I'm, you
5: know, I don't know Martin, so. But. Uh, you yeah. Know. No. Totally. And and I I think you know some of the people who are crying for controls. Um, you know, don't realize that, uh, Skull! <laughs> uh, Sorry. you know, so it costs say a billion dollars to get a drug to market on average, hmm. you know, the, there are plenty <laughs> that fail in phase three. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. So that's a billion dollars that they don't, they're never going to get back. Oh yeah. And, and also that this is an old stat. So, you know, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but it, something like only two out of five, two or three out of five, um, uh, drugs on the market will actually provide a return on a full return on investment Yeah, so that when those are ones a... that
2: actually make it to market Ooh. right now i'm not gonna boo hoo and feel you know too sorry for the uh, pharmaceutical industry but there are a lot of people that lose their jobs when this shit happens mm. mm-hmm. uh, my wife was one of them mm. she was not a you know multi-billionaire but she got m- murdered uh, metaphorically uh, in other words, she got retired against her will mm-hmm. because, you know, a billion, multi-billion dollar drug didn't make it to market. Mm.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you well, know. They, when when we're off, off, please tell me who it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. I will. Um, but there's, you
2: know, there's, there are real life consequences to real people for these things. Yeah. And it's not just, you know, the fat cats at the top, although they do really, really well. Mm. But, uh, you know, there's... The pharmaceutical industry. Oh well, shit. I'm just gonna. I'll catch hell no matter what anyway, I say about yeah. this. But there are millions of people that are employed by the pharmaceutical industry.
5: Absolutely, yeah. And I've, I've made my living off the pharmaceutical industry yeah. for uh, 37 years. Yeah, so, there you go. So, um, you know, I'm under no illusion that they that they're always on the up and up with their business practices. But uh, sure. Um, certainly, I I know. I mean, yeah. I know hundreds or whatever researchers that are. On the front lines, trying to uh, um, discover new drugs, and they're yeah. gen- genuinely, um, you know, uh, in it for the good. Yeah. I mean, they are trying to to cure diseases. Yeah, and well, and we're so <laughs> much closer. Uh, we were, we've been talking about CAR T
2: therapy, CAR T cell mm-hmm. therapy, on this show, mm-hmm. and uh, really five years ago, we were talking about like, oh, this <laughs> is something that's we're going to see, you know, a hundred years I, from
5: now. I remember you talking about they're it. They're selling yeah. it now. Yeah. Yep, and, and 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 making more and more progress in that. Yes, so all imm- the time therapy, yeah.
2: and uh, I know the My brothers and sisters in naturopathy. Uh, we'll, you know, talk about preventing disease, but they aren't anywhere close to doing things like CAR T cell therapy. Right. So yeah, it'd be better if we could prevent it, all of it. It'd be great. Well, I'd, the, I'd love the, to be out the of a job. Everybody yeah, live fucking forever would never have pain. Yeah, I, right. That's uh, that's a
4: world I would love to live in. I'd be happy to give up my job for that. Yeah. There's just no money in that. The that. The research part for um, not getting sick, you know what I mean? Yeah, all no. of it's in all of it's in treatment. Which th- at least we have some something, you know, tr- treatment. Thank God versus nothing. Yeah, you know. Could yeah, you I adulate? guess you can't
2: make billions preventing
4: cancer, can you? No. Hmm. no, no. That's a good point. No, unfortunately, so. No, oh, well, we'll so- do our best to keep people semi healthy. Hey, Logan Field was asking, are you involved with HPLC? Oh <laughs> yeah. cuz Logan um, Phil used, to, used I used to, to, to do in. HPLC. Wait a minute. Is yeah. that
5: someone who knows me? <laughs> no, I, no,
4: no, I no. It's have... just high performance liquid chromatography. Yeah, right. chromatography. So yeah, I, I guess Logan Phil used to be in that, that that
5: business, yep. I uh I I was involved with uh, HPLC for many years yeah. actually. Me too. Uh, when I was um, in immunology. Uh I I I dealt with uh, discovery labs that were using um HPLC for the purification of of um Uh, Of of their candidates. Yeah. So that's what uh, we would do.
2: Yeah. Is um, we would have uh, monoclonal antibodies Hmm. uh, generated by these, you know, uh, mutant cells or these, um, um, what's the merged cells? And you would have this ELISA test that would tell you which ones of these pots is making the protein that you want, hmm. and then you'd have to run these things through the HPLC separate to, them. to separate all, you know, basically you take the liquid in one end and it just stretches it out. So things of different molecular weights would come out at different times. Gotcha. And then you would get, or you would see these peaks and you would grab that tube and you get the next peak and grab that tube. And then you would <laughs> test those and you would find which one was actually causing the effect that you wanted. Gotcha. Hmm. Now you've got it. You can do all kinds of stuff yeah. with it.
1: Right. That's, you know. Yep. Uh, that's neat.
2: I love doing just sort of basic science
1: stuff. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home. And then there's a version of it where you have someone help you. You watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. (laughs) I have fully done things around the home that I think look good. And then a bang in the night. And I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it,
0: Happy Price! Go to your Happy Price, Priceline! How do you feel great on vacation? Like, really good? Easy! You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great, you'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus.
2: And uh, here, here it is. And let's just go ahead and play it while we're at it. And first thing, I guess we need to do is
4: number one thing: don't hey, take advice Steve. from some asshole on the radio. Real quick
3: question for you: I've been seeing a lot of things on the internet recently oh, regarding God. well that, calcification. It must be true, but of the pineal gland. Okay, a lot of people out there believe that fluoride in the water that's being added to it. Is causing the problem of the calcification of the pineal gland, and there's a lot of people out there that feel like it's a way to suppress the masses. <laughs> to oh, I'm sorry, I suppress have. creativity to control population. A lot of weird stuff going on out there. I was dude, calling in to find dude, out.
2: where? Okay, so John. A.K.A. Logan Field. Where do we get the idea that the pineal gland is responsible for creativity? That's the first question. So that, um, but let's let let's let him finish. His... What's
3: the deal with them adding fluoride to the water? Yeah, it's 2022 right now. You think that people people still have fucked up teeth, though, bro? <laughs> These days would know. Enough about good uh, good dental uh, yeah. uh, habits, and uh,
2: I I think so. I mean, I I I do wonder if we need to continue to do community water fluoridation, but lots of studies over seventy five years have shown that it's safe at the levels that they put in the water. Now, I remember when Jesse Ventura was on. Opian Anthony, and he was talking about, you know, oh fluoride is uh, one of the ingredients in... I can't do it, Jesse Ventura impression. It's not too bad. That wasn't bad, actually. Yeah. Is uh, one of the ingredients in uh, in Prozac. And it's like, shut the fuck up. The one time, you know, when he talked about harp, I don't know what he's talking about. When he talked about all these other mind-control things, I didn't know why. The one time he talked about something I know something about, which is organic chemistry, he completely shit the bed. Because it's not like... Prozac, and so his thing was: since there's three fluoride um, ions in Prozac, that putting fluoride in the water is a way to pacify the masses. Now, number one, does anybody here feel like the masses are pacified in this country (laughs) right now? That number, that's number one. But number two, um, it, it Prozac isn't a cake. It is a molecule, and so there's a huge difference in the chemical activity of a fluoride ion put in the water, which is a naked fluorine atom, versus fluoride um, uh, uh, ions in a, uh, in a molecule, because in the molecules uh, place, what those fluoride ions are there to do is to drag electrons away from the rest of the molecule and uh, because they're very – they love electrons. And so they'll drag them away from the rest of the molecule to make it more active. That's all it is. You could have three hydrogen atoms on there, but they wouldn't. it wouldn't be as active a molecule in the body. So they do that so you don't have to take two grams of Prozac. You just have to take, you know, 40 milligrams or whatever. So uh, that was bullshit. So that's – then I started realizing that a lot of the things that people were saying about fluoride in the water was bullshit – um, fluoridated water is known to improve, uh, um, dental strength. It also reduces cavities by about 25%. So you go, well, should we do it for 25%? 25% across 350 million people is a big deal. And it saves money for people, uh, for, you know, for families, not mm-hmm. going to the dentist as much and the U S healthcare system. So, uh, now, Delta, he's right. Oral health is better than it was uh, years ago, but cavities are still a thing. If everyone would get fluoride treatments from their dentist as children after they get their permanent teeth in, you might be able to prevent some of this stuff, and we might be able to stop putting fluoride in the water. But if you don't want fluoride in your water... Then drink, you know, distilled water or move out in the country where you have a spring and a well and then deal with what friends of mine in Vermont did when I lived in Vermont. Our water tastes kind of funny. It's tasting a bit off. And then they go up to the well house, the spring house, and there's a dead deer in there. And it had been there for probably about three months. Had died in their spring ass, and they drinking were drinking. Again. They were drinking dead deer tea, basically. Lovely. Oh, so you can do that, or you can just deal with the fluoride. But anyway, uh, so now when it comes to the pineal gland, it, he brings up an interesting point. Uh, the pineal gland does concentrate, uh, you know, dietary fluoride, and um, you know there are. Uh, Older folks who have pineal gland dysfunction, and uh, basically it's in you know people with Alzheimer's disease, and they'll get calcification of the pineal gland, mm-hmm. and it but it messes with their uh, sleep, and it messes with their ability of their nervous system to fix itself, and uh, immune, uh, this sort of immune. Slash pineal axis and things like that. And the pineal gland is a little gland in the back part of the uh, part of the brain where there is uh, fluid. Fluid. <laughs> and um, thank you. <laughs> and uh, uh, it 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 basically has to do with day night cycles and things like that. Now, I'm gonna. This is sort of interesting. So I found an article. and uh, melatonin is produced in the in the uh, in the pineal gland. Mm. Fluoride exposure and sleep patterns among older adolescents in the United States. So I'll just read you the results. The average age of the adolescents was 17, and the median water and plasma fluoride concentrations were 0. Uh, 0.27 and 0. 0.29 respectively. And uh, an, an increase in water fluoride was associated with a two times higher odds of reporting symptoms subject, suggest, shit, suggestive of sleep apnea and 24-minute later bedtime and a 26-minute later wake time and among males, a 38% reduction in the odds of reporting snoring. So it was good when it came to snoring, but bad when it came to symptoms like fatigue, even after they got a decent sleep and they were going to bed later and getting up later. So is any of this clinically relevant? We don't know. That's the answer. Well, that That is the absolute answer. Does this concentration of fluoride in the pineal gland lead to calcifications, I don't think we can draw the line between those two points yet. But it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing is, though, if if we don't put the fluoride in the water, which I'm okay with, if everybody will go get their teeth worked on and brush their damn teeth and all that <laughs> stuff and floss and do all the things and get fluoride treatments, would there be any difference in getting a fluoride treatment? You get a huge concentrated amount of fluoride all at once. Mm-hmm. Versus getting a little bit. I mean, we're talking about nanogram amounts. Mm-hmm. You know, let's see. Uh, let, maybe Echo knows. Echo, what's the concentration of fluoride in fluoridated water? Does she know?
1: From DunedinGov.com, fluoride levels naturally occurring in water pump from the Floridan aquifer to the city of Dunedin's RO water treatment plant is 0.2 parts per million.
2: Okay, so that's in one place. So, yeah, and there is, let's not forget there is natural fluoride in some water, and some aquifers have much higher levels than others. Some of them have higher fluoride levels than is what the municipalities will put in the water. So that's kind of interesting. I know that. Anyway, yeah, Good question. Let's see if he has anything else to say here.
3: Just trying to figure out why are they still having to add fluoride to the water in 2022? I don't know. They could be adding a lot better stuff to it than fluoride. Like what?
2: Okay, like microdosing. He would He would be in <laughs> favor of just putting psilocybin in the water. I do understand that. All right. Um, who's the football expert here? No one? Okay. That would be me. That would be you? Okay, well, let's do this one. Of course. Okay.
0: Hey, Dr. Steve, this is Phil from Tampa. I'm calling because I have a slightly longer question, but I will... Do my best to be brief. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you or anyone there follows football, but this most recent week, uh, the Miami Dolphins quarterback, Tua of he had a concussion, and it was pretty serious. And last week, he was injured with a, a concussion, but the team claimed was a back injury. Um, and a lot of people thought he shouldn't have played this past Thursday, uh, okay. but he did. And uh, in this game, he absolutely received a concussion, and it was terrifying. And as a football fan, it's the worst part of the game. Yeah. And uh, I had two quick questions based off of it. First, when the replay showed him, you know, on the ground after the concussion, his arms were up kind of akimbo, and his oh. fingers were bent out of shape. Like, not, not not like they were broken, but they were like even a claw hand. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. It was awful. It was terrifying to see. Yeah. And I'm just curious what caused that? And why did that happen? Like, why would his arms and hands do that? Uh, And my second question is, you know, after the game, the coach said that he spoke to Tua and said that he was normal Tua and everything seemed fine. But if, if you truly are concussed and regardless of how you're talking, that seems like a false positive uh, or rather a false sense of security, like, Oh, he's talking fine, so he must be fine. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about that? Like when you get a concussion, are you really that cognizant so quickly, but can that wallow you into a false sense of security? Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, just head injury in general just scary, man. Yeah, no so, shit. Uh, that's all. I just want to call and ask No, it's name. great. it's Thank great.
4: You. great question, man.
0: Uh, Good go, questions.
2: go
4: ahead and take it. Multiple, so. multiple questions. I'll take the first half of this. Okay. So yeah. what happened was he was first thrown down and yep. hit his head. Yep. And when he stood up, he staggered and I mean, yeah. was listing, listing, yeah. and fell down. And the idiot, the idiot, and I say idiot. No, was, they didn't pick him up. The idiot that was the, that was calling the game says, "Well, it looks like maybe he hurt his ankle or his knee." What? What? <laughs> yes. No, no that's, he, no, he no.
2: had decorticate posturing.
4: He did have decorticate, but that was let's the talk second, about no, that. But oh. that was the second one. Yeah, or that's the what, second one. Okay, yeah, that, okay. So that's okay. what I'm saying. Let, I'll, I'll take the first. Okay. Seven, no. Eight yeah, eight yeah. Go, yeah. go, go, go. So anyway, so being a Jesus. former coach, being a former coach, I can tell you, when kids have head injuries like this. Um, and this was the first one, and they come off with a uh, even if it's a mild concussion, yeah. they come across normal for the most part, mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. And then they'll say, yeah, hey, they coach, can talk to Hey, you. coach, I'm fine. Yeah, hey, right. Coach, I'm fine. You, you as a coach, have to have to say no. Yeah. Period. That's, Take that's them off the field. Bottom. Line. Get yeah. over here. The doc. They have a very specific protocol allegedly that they supposedly followed. Yeah. And it fell miserably. Now, I don't know where it fell. I wasn't in, I wasn't you know, yeah, part right. of it. But yeah, we don't know. We don't know. But I can tell you right now, they fell miserably. So this The second time, this kid the, is literally, when he's tackled, because he's not a gigantic guy. He's bear hugged, flipped over, and flipped back, and Ugh. flipped back in his head. Whacks on it. Did you see it? Yeah, he flipped. I, yeah, I saw he, the he flipped, replay, it, yeah. So he hits this <laughs> post your head, his yeah. oxbow. um and, and that's when he had the posturing. Well, I knew when he yeah. talked about it yeah. that, that, so you have yeah. decorticate posturing is when
2: you, um, uh, we, there's decerebrate and decorticate posturing. Mm-hmm. And this is the cortex, is the part of the brain where, <clears throat> you know, um, You'll see it in strokes and stuff. It's a part part of the brain where a lot of processing is done. Mm -hmm. And um, when you – the the way for the medical students out there, the way to remember it is if it's decerebrate, they will extend – as far as they can, and we would say, "Oh, look, I'm celebrating, okay? Like I'm we're having yeah, a party. They're really stretched hey, out. Like they're tra- getting going to give somebody a hug. Right. And then the other one then would be decorticate. So that's when you're like these. You make claws they and draw all. They your, draw up. everything. Draw up. So. Okay. That's usually when you have massive damage to the cortex of the brain, exactly. and it's a very primitive movement that's controlled by the brainstem because the cortex is no longer controlling uh, your movement. Mm-hmm. And um, when uh, when the brainstem takes over, it doesn't. It can't. It just can't do all the subtle movements and stuff. And so that's one of the movements that it does. Uh, and apparently. Uh, he wobbled as he stood back up, and yep. then you know, it was just a disaster. So, um, that is a sign of uh, a, a massive hit. And that, so on the second one, the same, yeah, yeah. Did, yeah. how long was he out for after that one? They
4: at least recognized yeah, it. Yeah, they at least yeah yeah. yeah he, he was. They took him to the hospital. But you know, the first one. I don't watch American football, man. Well, <laughs> I watch a, I watch it a, a, a little bit, but but I saw this on on. On uh, the highlights, and you may have seen it on the highlights as well, Dave. Mm-hmm. It was just – it was appalling to me Yeah. as first a coach and second as a yeah. player. I would hope that had I – Well, the coaches, myself, listen, they're not medical people. They they're need, not me- – but, but they need to be trained. Saying, no, I'm not saying they are. But yeah. what I am saying is the head coach Yeah. is – he failed period that head coaches oh, got to, to be, say, yeah they got to be trained to say to say no but dr steve I, that's not the problem i don't think the problem is money you know he, do, do you think that was the
2: coach's thing or was somebody up above him Doesn't saying matter. get his ass back on that's the field
4: my the, i don't know can't say anything, we don't but, know but we don't we know. weren't there but, but what i can no say is, this is it, dr scott's yeah this is this. what i can say the head coach is getting paid by yeah the guys in the booth right yeah, yeah, yeah. and those guys want their quarterbacks playing
3: yeah,
2: he no. may not even is he does he come back? He may not come no. back this season. Hell, he may a, have something long term with this. He's
4: the same kid when he was at Alabama. do You remember this when he broke his ankle? Okay, so he had like recurrent ankle injuries, rolling okay. his injuries. So they actually, when he was in college, fused his ankles. They 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 literally um, fused. His tibia, because he kept breaking his fibular, his yeah. lateral fibular head. There. Okay, nobody knows what you're talking. Right, about. his lateral malleolus. So we nobody knows that and doesn't, doesn't matter. No, but I'm gonna get, <laughs> I'm gonna get to ankle. It. So the bottom of the, 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 the your 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 large lower bone of your leg, your tibia, yeah. Yeah. and a small bone on the outside is the fibula. And yeah. a lot of times when you roll your ankle, you break that little bone on the outside. There you go. And it's really awful. It's a, yeah. you break, it's a broken ankle. They went up above that a couple inches, and drilled through the two bones in there, and then. Screw them together. Oh, so they made a, synos, a, synosmosis, or a synos, synosmosis or syndesmosis,
2: yeah. whatever. Yeah,
4: and then did to the other side, so he wouldn't have the same ankle break on that side. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, it's insane. Well, That was
2: preventative. You, you're always yeah. talking about preventative <laughs> oh, medicine. Dr. That's, Scott. A yeah, yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> that's a little bit. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's a little drastic. bit. That's a little drastic.
4: <laughs> I just, I just hate that. Um, I hate it for everybody. About, I feel bad for the coach. S- the coach. Synostosis. What is wrong with me today? <laughs> Good Lord. But, you know, at some point in time, and you would have helped eat, one of the physicians after the first one was, would have said, hey, coach. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Where were may, the, the kid may look good. Because the coach made the call, not. but where was the team doctor on that? And it's an independent It's an independent neurologist. Yeah. That's supposed to be there and say, hey, listen. Yeah. And, and run them through the protocol. But but I still say. And I know there's a lot of pressure. There's like, a lot of pressure. You know, but when the kid stands up. Yeah. Enlists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. You down. don't have to convince me. Yeah, I, I'm it's, with it's you. But it's like
2: I do when you have when you have Michael Jackson saying, "Give me some of that magic milk again tonight." Mm-hmm. And it's Michael Jackson. Sometimes it's hard to just Agreed. say no. I
4: agree, and that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. I, I'm not blaming the coach or anybody. I'm just saying it's a tough. I need my magic everybody. Milk. I need a magic
5: feel. I had um, a mild concussion about four or five years ago. Oh, who cares? <laughs>
4: Dave. <laughs> Next question. Uh, I'm just go ahead, Dave.
5: <laughs> hey, we some,
4: can we get some music for Dave while he's doing Poor this? Poor Dave. Poor Dave. <laughs> not, Do we have some all. like music? Oh, yeah, I'll give him okay, some music. Here go. The
5: <laughs> <laughs> let's hear about Dave. I wasn't gone in the Poor bathroom Dave. that long. Poor. He
4: slipped. In the bathroom, and then just hadn't had a small concussion. <laughs> I was fella. I was oh. in a bike race Allegedly. and crashed. <laughs> oh, oh no!
2: <laughs> oh, now did you have a concussion or did you have transient global amnesia?
5: Um, it was a, it was a mild concussion. Yeah. So, um, but I I mean I felt fine. It wasn't until I you know I went I had a CAT scan immediately and uh, yeah, um, and I I felt okay. It was the next day when and i was told to you know stay home keep the lights down don't yeah. watch television or your screens and uh oh fuck that uh, af- well yeah after a while i thought fuck that yeah, so yeah, i yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I i don't know if i was on my phone or i had the tv on or something and sure enough it, it only took a few minutes i i started feeling really like nauseous and mm. but up until then i felt fine so yeah i would have been all right let's go yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so i mean i can no, well, it's not like not after am have... the, the the protocol. No, but, no, no, no. yeah, it's you know, like when you, you have propofol
2: too after um, after a a procedure you feel fine mm-hmm. and you you're not fine. No. But you think you are. That's why we are not good judges of that stuff. Coaches are not good judges of it. If they're not trained to go, hey, cut the, you know, no. Yeah, you seem fine, and you're telling me you're fine. Because that was this guy's second question. You know, is it possible that he wasn't fine, but he was interacting with him? Yeah, absolutely. Totally, yes. Absolutely. So anyway, all right. I I have, you know, no idea how many— potholes I stepped in talking about this, so, you know, if y'all are somebody is pissed because of something that I said, I haven't I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I mean, I know about concussion. I don't know anything about con, you know, sp- Protocol. I don't know anything about sports. <laughs> I know something about Magic the Gathering. Yes, you do. <laughs> and if you want to talk about people getting mad and flipping tables in Magic the Gathering and throwing all the Cards and the dice and the Dave, tokens all over. What about way. your headache again? To, <laughs> we can David, talk about that. Know, okay, it it little let's little bit bit do this. So okay, fuck both of you. Okay, Here we <laughs>
3: go. Hey,
2: Doctor Steve. Hey. hey, Jimmy from Charlotte. Hey, Jimmy. Doing great, thanks for oh, asking. Oh, I didn't ask. I was
3: uh, calling to check out what you <laughs> thought of the product Lumen or products like it, where you breathe into it and check your metabolism. Yeah. With all the diet fads out there, is just this, just one more.
2: Yeah. Okay. So I don't, I don't want to speak specifically about a specific, you know, a brand, but there are devices out there that you can blow into and it will tell you your metabolic rate, supposedly. And in the laboratory, we would have people isolated in a, a almost an airtight room and with a mask on and have them breathe into this thing and then we would have to do a bunch of complicated uh, you know calorimetric uh, calculations and stuff to figure out what their basal metabolic rate was in other words how many calories are they burning every hour so then you could calculate things like, when they're doing exercise, you do it when they're doing exercise. You see the difference. You know how efficient are they in uh, being an elite athlete or long distance athlete? You can do research like that. Well, now they've got this little thing that you can buy that you just blow in, and it's. I looked at it. It's two hundred and fifty bucks for six months, and then they bill you twenty five bucks a month. You don't need to do this multiple times, uh, at least. You know, not in the science that that we did with this. Plus, I don't know what this thing is. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the mechanism is. Mm-hmm. It's a little... looks like a flatus flute. It's not that much bigger than a, a flatus flute. You blow in and it, it gives you a number. Mm-hmm. So, we don't... I didn't have heard a lot of time to look it up uh, as far as the science if they had published anything. But I did find, and this is always entertaining the Amazon reviews. So uh, let's check out a few Amazon reviews. This person says, don't, just don't. And you can guess if it's a one-star or a five-star review, okay? One of the other reviews called this an expensive random number generator, and that's 100% accurate. Even after using this thing for three months and allowing it time to, quote, calibrate to my individual metabolism, unquote, I was still pulling totally random numbers that don't make sense from one day to the next. You also need the diaphragm and breath skills of an opera singer to get acceptable readings. Mm -hmm. If you have asthma, you'll likely die trying to get this to work. So... Is that a one-star or a five-star review? Hmm. Scott. One.
5: Give yourself a bill! All
2: right. Uh, Let's see here. Um, How about this one? Total Scam. This is a very expensive device that is interesting at first, but when you realize it doesn't even measure your insulin spikes, which is what contributes to weight gain, it's pure garbage. Don't waste your money on this useless device. One-star or five-star?
5: I'm gonna. If may I jump in? Dave, of course, yeah. oh, Dave. I'm gonna go with the one. Give yourself all a right. bill. They're the not. Guns. They're not following so uh, the,
2: the but... Carl WATP method where you give somebody a five star review and shit all over them in the rankings. <laughs> um, okay, here here's one. It doesn't work, and they disappear when you need a refund. I'm say one.
5: Give yourself right. a bill.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Run <on> a roll. <laughs> inaccurate and unreliable gives uh, random results this thing has the worst reviews of anything i've ever seen on amazon 83 percent one star 17 percent five star and nothing in between which <laughs> wow. makes me wonder about those five stars yeah reviews. the mom
4: or their aunt and uncle,
2: aunt, yep. uncle yeah, it's just one after another after another <laughs> wow. And, uh, <laughs> oh, here's one. I bought one for my dad at Christmas, figuring we could get healthier in the new year. Always a good idea. Uh, the marketing sounds great, but it's a bit of a scam. This is their words. They don't tell you what your metabolism is, which is how they advertise it in the <laughs> first place. They give you a score from one to five about what you're burning, and you don't even get any results for like a month. That doesn't help me. I want to know what my metabolism is, which is what I thought I was buying. So if you really want to... Do it, you still have to go into the lab and do a true basal metabolic rate and eat fewer calories than you burn, and you'll mm-hmm. lose weight. Mm-hmm. Yep, good lord, yeah. And you can do that lots of different ways. Yep. You can do it with a vegan diet. You can do it with a low carb diet if it's done properly. Hell, you could do it with just portion control. You do portion whatever, control, whatever yeah. you want to do. Hmm. There's a, If there was just one way to do it, then we wouldn't have to uh, be it. having this discussion because we would be doing it. So, anyway. So Dr. Scott, uh, you were looking in the uh, waiting room and Mike was in there talking about multiple myeloma. Hmm. He has multiple myeloma, you yep. said. He does. Hmm. So, multiple myeloma is um, a disease where you have cells that are immune cells called plasma cells that that um, reproduce in the bones and they go all over the place in lots of different bones, A.K.A. multiple and then myeloma. Uh, these are you know blood slash immune derived cells. And um, there was a really interesting study, you know, we were talking about CAR, um, CAR T-cell therapy. Mm-hmm. And I think we have talked about this before. And if you're interested in reading about it, go to drsteve.com and click on non-pseudoscience cancer cures. And there's an article about a patient uh, that they studied um, using measles vaccine, for multiple myeloma. So you're re- you're nodding your head. So I've talked about this before. Well, I, I, well, it,
5: well you have talked about it. I, mm-hmm. I always but read. But you knew about it, too. Yeah, I always okay. read whatever I can about multiple myeloma. Oh, really? Yeah, my, my mother um, had multiple myeloma a long time ago. Oh, okay, so before. She's the, been gone yeah, for yeah, a long time. Yeah, that's, a, that's a rough
2: one. Yeah. And it can cause a lot of pain, and there's just, a, you know, it's just tumors in the bones and it's not it's not a fun uh, cancer if there is such a thing
5: terrible to watch too yeah yeah
2: and so what they did what they found out was and this is one of those serendipitous things they just had the idea that measles vaccine which is a live attenuated virus loves myeloma cells and so they gave this person a mo- genetically modified measles vaccine, but the only modification they did was they inserted code for a receptor that would accept a radioactive iodine molecule, or atom, you know. Okay. And uh, that was it. That, and that wasn't there to treat anything. You think a radioactive iodine, well, you're g- going to try to kill something with that. No. In this case, they just wanted it as a marker because it's really easy to detect radioactive iodine in the body using scanners that we already have.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So uh, they uh, injected 6 million doses
5: yeah, and it was really high.
2: of measles vaccine. Now, mm. it's still not that much. I mean, it, it sounded like there was gallons. No, it was probably just in one syringe, maybe a couple of syringes. Oh, well. Wow. Uh, because the the measles vaccine is highly diluted you're not giving that many viral particles and 6 million of them still fits on the head of a pin basically okay. Okay. so so they gave this person 6 million measles <laughs> vaccine doses and they got kind of sick mm-hmm. uh, fever chills muscle aches and pains and stuff like that and when it when that prodrome or that yeah i guess prodrome went away They, you know, collection of symptoms before the study was done. They uh, put this person in front of a scanner that could detect radioactive iodine. And all of their myeloma tumors lit up. And uh, about a month later, the person was cancer free. And what happened was when those live attenuated viruses went into the cell, What does the body do with that? Well, it goes, you're not supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. So the white blood cells attacked those cells and just fucking killed every one Mm -hmm. of them. Just fucking killed them all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that was that. And this person is walking around cancer free. So that is a potential. uh, They are coming up with so many cool ideas. And now once you do it once you can reproduce it if you can reproduce it, if mm-hmm. the person didn't just falsify their data. But if you can reproduce it, then you can start to hone in and find the most efficient way and the you know least um, – uh, with the least amount of morbidity and mortality that you can. It can be the safest way to do it. That will be the most effective. And uh, so that's coming. You know, uh, multiple of myeloma, your days are numbered. Uh, you know um, – smallpox dead influenza ya yeah, no, gee i can't remember. yamato dead so we're making some progress on some of this shit mm-hmm. sick of it mm-hmm. stupid cancer stupid viruses reproducing to no end just to, just cause they want to Because they can. Because they can. Machines. Yeah. Yeah, They're just little (laughs) nano machines that all they do is reproduce and make people fucking sick Mm. and kill them. Assholes. Fuck them. them. Yes, fuck them. That's right. That's right. And when they're dead, you know what I'll say? (laughs) Ha (laughs)
5: ha!
2: All right. right. Well, um, oh, let's do this one real quick because this one Darren has some interest in. And then we'll get out of here.
3: Hey Doc, Ooh. this is Anonymous in Texas. I okay. was just calling to ask you about. Well, that's a weird name. THC line. vapes. I know vape, vaping can cause popcorn lung and is obviously not good for you.
2: Well, can it though? I mean, that certain vapes were doing that. Um,
3: so THC slash marijuana vapes,
2: same or worse or? Yeah. Okay. Good question. So. Uh, he was worried about in the early days of the vape explosion, we saw these people that had this inflammatory illness of the lung that was deemed popcorn lung because when you did an x-ray, it looked like they were, you know, had popcorn in there. There was lots of little sort of semicircular and circular lesions all over the place. And I think that they determined that some of the fly-by-night vape manufacturers were using vitamin E oil as their oil. oil. And that was – they think that's what was causing that. I haven't heard about popcorn lung in years. No. And people are vaping more now than they ever were. Mm -hmm. You go behind these people in these cars and you see – they got their window (laughs) open. You see the giant fucking
4: cloud cloud of of smoke.
2: smoke. It's a ama- mate or that you know vapor. It can't be healthy. It
4: can't be healthy. I bet it.
2: I bet it's awesome though. <laughs> I used to love don't that feeling when I smoke.
4: You'll, you'll be up here huffing. No, morning. no, I
2: won't oh. either. I'm I'm over that. But when I used to smoke, I loved that feeling of, the, I don't know what it is. This sort of a fullness going into your lung and, and uh, there was something about that. I I'm sure they get the same feeling, except more intense. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I remember my boys were laughing. We were in Asheville, and, you know, there's lots of hipsters around Asheville, North Carolina. There was this guy sitting out there. He's like... And he had his tunes, man. Yeah. The big beard. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, hey,
4: in a yellow. you're, and, and you're w- describing me. in another
2: <laughs> One white glove and a monocle and, you know, all this stuff. And the <laughs> guy's yeah, sitting out there. He's like, I think I'll take a toot off of my off of my vape pen, man. And it was this giant contraption. It looked like a clarinet. I it was huge, black and silver. It was cool looking. I, I can't say that it wasn't, but he was definitely trying to draw attention to himself. And he took a toot off of this thing and blew out the biggest, most giant, opaque cloud of white vapor that I've ever seen. And the boys were just laughing their asses out. They are like seven and nine. (laughs) They just thought that was the funniest thing because the guy was so extremely ridiculous, you know. But anyway. Uh, But I bet that feels great if you're a vape person. I'm just – I'm okay with if you're a smoker – Going to um, an FDA-approved vapor or nicotine inhaler—they sell. There's a pharmaceutical nicotine inhaler, and doing that as a bridge to getting off of uh, doing everything to total sobriety. Uh, Rich Voss quit smoking, and uh, and he's still chewing fucking nicotine gum. You know, 20 years later or longer than that, and it just shows how addictive nicotine is. It's amazing. Now, I'll have people who have stage four cancer and they'll say, well, why sh- it's by the way, there's no stage five and they'll say, well, why, why bother quitting now? And what I'll tell them is the tar stuff in the tar causes the cancer, but the nicotine can make it grow faster. Nicotine activates a protein called protein kinase C, which actually can be a tumor promoter. So there is still reason to quit, even if you, uh, uh, have stage four cancer and on top of that you'll feel better you know even if you even if you have a limited amount of time you'll feel better if you know if you're not smoking but anyway all right well listen uh thanks go to dr scott thanks to dave from rhode island thanks man it was enjoyable having you? you here thanks for making the trip test really yeah. appreciate it Great to always make a new friend. So, and we've got some prizes here for you. Ooh. And uh, yeah, and the uh, home game, the home,
5: <laughs> <laughs> <Excellent>. <laughs> the weird medicine
2: home game, which only somebody our age will even get that <laughs> reference. But anyway, uh, listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103. Um, not sure when. Saturday's at 10, or no, Saturday's at 7, Sunday at 10. And on demand. Just listen to it on demand. And uh, other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Um, I still, it's Wednesday. Jim's back from vacation. I haven't heard anything about whether we've been renewed for another year, so we'll see. Uh, many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. If they don't renew us, I would like to have a final show if we could have some warning uh, to do some stuff. And, th- and then we'll just have to. Except the fact that we're just a couple of schlunks with a podcast. Got Xed. The the one thing is um, that that's uh, nice having a Sirius XM show, even if it's at 10 p.m. on Sunday. Is you're not just some schnook with a podcast. You know, you have mm-hmm. some cachet from that. So maybe I will demand uh, emeritus status.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: reasonable. If you don't know what that is, look it up. But uh, yeah, I'm going to demand uh, SiriusXM emeritus status. Uh, go to our website at <laughs> Thank you at DrSteve.com for scheduled podcasts and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking. Get off your asses. Get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Thanks very much.